Elena Sevastakova is an actress originally from Russia. Elena came from an athletic background. She was playing tennis at the early age of six. She played professionally for years and was often traveling to the U.S. to compete in tournaments. Eventually, her mom made the decision to move her out to the United States so that Elena could further her tennis career. By her teens, the demanding lifestyle of professional sports began to take its toll on Elena, and tennis slowly fell out of her life. For the first time, she was able to be a normal teen. Also for the first time, Elena was able to choose her future. She was drawn to something else that she had enjoyed in her childhood, modeling. Elena ended up modeling all over the world, and eventually she ended up in Los Angeles, where a chance meeting with an agent would open the door for Elena to start acting. Pursuing a career as an actress in Los Angeles brought on a slew of new challenges, but Elena is meeting them all head on, because for the first time in her life, she feels like she's right where she's supposed to be. I'm Bobby Gonzalez, and this is Spoken Dreams. Elena Savostakova, and I'm an actress. I moved to the United States when I was 15 years old. Uh, I'm originally from Russia, and I come from an athletic background. I'm a professional tennis player. I started playing tennis when I was six years old. My parents always kept me very active. I did a lot of different things. Uh, I actually wanted to be a ballerina, but my dad's like, nope, <laughs> that's not going to happen. And when I was about uh, 10, I started traveling for tennis, playing tournaments. In Russia, most of the players, because, you know, the climate isn't ideal, it's a little cold, and playing in the indoor courts, it's not the same. So most people move either to Spain or to the United States. So I started traveling to the United States and playing uh, USTA tournaments in the summer. Eventually, what ha- ended up happening is my parents had to decide to move to the United States for me because if I wanted to do tennis professionally, if it's something that... Uh, I was going to do in the future, you had to be, I had to be here full time because every single time when I would go back to Russia after the summer would end, when I would end up coming back the next summer, it's almost like playing catch up, trying to remember everything I trained and it was just wasn't going anywhere. You know, I had to make a decision and at age 15, my mom, uh, moved to the United States with me. When I was 15, I was going to high school in America and I applied to different universities and it was pretty much a point in my life where I had to realize like, am I going to go play college tennis or am I going to go pro or what's going to happen? And at that point already, I already had a few injuries. So most people, especially like nowadays, they go pro really young. They're like 16, 17. It's really hard for tennis. You have to be on a court for eight hours a day, you know, usually, and you're always traveling. You have to be homeschooled during the weekends. It's a tournament. It's, a, it's almost like you're a musician. It's a life on the road. You're always, you have to commit to it full time, and you have to make that decision very young. And because I already had all these injuries, I didn't feel like I could do that anymore. I was playing high school tennis, and I was finally having a life. Before that, I never had a life. I was always on a tennis court, and for the first time, like, I had friends, I was going to parties, it was fun, like, normal things that other kids were doing, like, going to the movies or spending weekends doing nothing, binging on TV shows, I didn't have that. And so, I was really happy about that, having having a first boyfriend, it was, it was amazing, you know, and so, that's kind of how tennis fell out of my life. 
When I was very little, my mom uh, signed me up with a modeling agency in Russia, so I was actually acting, modeling, doing commercials when I was a child. I always loved it, you know? I kind of loved, I'm an artist, I love performing, I was always dancing, I was always, my, remember when my dad bought me a video camera, my friends and I, we would like put little, listen to Britney Spears and do little rehearsals and dancing and put ourselves on camera. I still have those videos somewhere. I just loved performing always, but because when tennis came into my life, I couldn't do that. It was, I didn't, just couldn't. There's not enough time. There really isn't. And so when tennis wasn't such a big part of my life anymore, I went, I found a modeling agency in my city. I had my mom drive me, and my dad was super against it. Like, we had to, my mom, like, and I, we had to lie to my dad about it. Like, she literally, because he would never have approved. He was just like, my daughter is not going to be a model. You can either be a tennis player or a lawyer. No other choice. <laughs> Very strong, like, alpha mentality. But my mom, she, you know, she knows, she's like, you know, how girls are and how I would love to take photos. And she had my back. And that's, we went to the modeling agency. And from there, um, that's how I got my first contract. I went to Brussels. That was my first modeling contract. I did Europe. And after that, I got a contract to Asia. And I think I was 18 or 17 years old. I booked a job in Los Angeles, a modeling job with my agency. And... I was in LA and my mom was watching Russian television. My mom actually, she didn't realize how much she helped me with my career. She never wanted me to be an actress or a model, but it's so funny how she was the one that subconsciously kind of gave me the tools I needed to be where I am. Thank you, mom. <laughs> um, she saw a Russian television. It was a documentary about Russians who made it in Hollywood. And there was this agent and his name is Victor Kruglov. And my mom was, she told me, she's like, hey, I was watching this TV and this guy lives in Los Angeles and she, he's an agent. You should stop by his office. Uh, so I come into his office and I had this short pixie hair and like long bangs. I was super edgy looking. And I was like, hi, my name is Elena Savastikova. I saw you on TV. <laughs> I'm here. You want to be my agent? <laughs> and he's like, uh, he's like, yes. And he, I didn't realize he was a modeling agent. He's an actor, acting agent. And he's like, have you ever acted before? I'm like, I do commercials. And he's like, how do you have any training? I'm like, what do you mean? I'm on set all the time. <laughs> he's like, no, have you studied? Have you went to classes? Have you, what, what's your resume? I'm like, what resume? <laughs> I was very naive. I was very green. He's like, listen, okay, I have this audition. If, uh, how about you go? You do the audition, we see how you do, and um, then we'll talk from there. I'm like, okay, great. So I get these sides, you know, I didn't, I think because I was confident and naive, I ended up nailing that audition. First acting audition I ever go to in, Los, in Hollywood, Los Angeles, I get put on, on hold for that role, which is crazy and like unheard of, but that I just thought that was that easy at that point because I didn't know any better. Um, I end up going back to Florida, and he calls me. He's like, hey, so you didn't end up, like, booking that role, but I want to sign you, you know? Like, I would love for you uh, to, you know, to be my client. And I was like, great. And he's like, yeah, but, like, are you moving to LA? I'm like, no, I live in Florida. He's like, listen, we can't, it's not like modeling. You don't get books from your photos. For a lot of these things, you have to go in, audition, then go to a callback, test the network. And um, I was like, okay, so what do you want me to do? He's like, well, you need to move to Los Angeles. And I packed my car 
and I drove across the country, it took me three days, and literally that was that. <laughs> and everybody thought I was insane. Everybody thought I was crazy. My mom was calling me every day, She because I like I left college. Like I, I think I only had like four credits left to finish. My mom was calling me and she was like, hey, when are you coming back? When are you, she's like, are you done yet? Are you over it? I told her, I'm like, mom, I'm not coming back. I'm doing this for real. And 10 years later, I'm still here and I'm loving it. I remember the first kind of big project I booked, this was years and years ago, I was the Menji Project. And I was working, my scene was with Bill Hader. And uh, it was, I was playing his Serbian wife. Basically this scene was how he was dating Mindy and he was like a gl glorified dentist. Uh, and he saw me a Serbian girl with like really messed up teeth. I was selling bagels to him. And he, uh, he bought a bagel for me. He fixed my teeth. We fell in love and lived happily ever after. <laughs> and in the scene, uh, it's like Mindy is at her wedding giving a speech. And she's really obviously upset because I stole her man. And just being on set and filming with these actors, they're already successful. They already made it. Having my own trailer and just, oh, that was amazing. Just like remembering this right now, it makes me so happy. But that was the first moment where I was like, wow, I'm really doing this. I have a trailer in my name. It's on it, you know, this is great. This is so awesome. I was just so happy and it was, it was so much fun and beautiful. And that's the moment when it really like was like, I can do this. So I remember when the TV show actually came out, I told everybody about it. I posted a Facebook status. I told like, I was just so excited. And then they ended up cutting out my lines. <laughs> I was so traumatized and embarrassed and I wanted to like, I never, I was just like, my heart just broke, you know? It was, and I remember how disappointed my mom was. She, uh, she was like, this is it? <laughs> I'm like, mom, I promise, I had so much dialogue, I don't know what happened. And the lesson I learned from that is that now I don't tell anybody about anything I do until they see it for themselves. You really don't know what ends up in the final edit and the final cut. And so now I learned to keep my mouth shut and let other people see it for themselves because that taught me a very valuable lesson, not to get ahead of myself. Based on my previous experience, I realized it's best to create your own content nowadays and we live in a time where we have the opportunity for that. There's so many different platforms, there's so many uh, different things that we can do. I wanted to own my own production company. Uh, I love writing, I've always written, and so I'm currently creating roles for myself because I want to eventually get into directing as well. And I'm making my first film, which I'm really excited about. Through the years, I've met so many amazing people, so many creative people that want to do the same thing. So I've put a little team together my little mastermind group, and that's where I'm at. I'm still acting, I'm still auditioning, but I think I um, nowadays to really get a solid role that's perfect for you, you have to create it for yourself. So that's what I'm doing. I think the most important thing is to do things for yourself. And a lot of times, I understand way, way too well what it's like to be have parents that are immigrants that moved from a foreign country. I think I was for the longest time, I was afraid to tell my parents that I don't want to pursue tennis 
because my parents, my, my, my mom moved to the United States for me. They invested so much into my tennis career that I felt like I didn't have the, I, I, I couldn't tell them, no, that's not what I want to do. How do you tell somebody that does everything for you, that this is not me, you know, this is not where I see myself in the future? Uh, and I think a lot of times people, when your parents do so much for you, you really are scared to disappoint them. By the end of the day, what ends up happening is you end up disappointing yourself. My whole life, I felt like I didn't really belong anywhere or because, you know, I'm from Russia, but I'm living in the United States and everywhere, like, I call myself a citizen of the world because I traveled so much, but I almost like, I don't know, nothing really, I never really felt in my place with anything I did until I was performing, until I was in my element, until I was you know, on set, that felt, I didn't think about, I never really thought like I could be an actor, you know, that wasn't really an option for me. But when I was acting, when I was, that just felt like it was mine. It felt like where I belong. It felt so easy and natural. It didn't feel like a struggle. It just felt like I was finally in my element. I was finally doing what I was born to do and it made me happy. And, you know, life is about how much, like how much struggle or suffering are you willing to put in for your goal? If I have to spend every last penny on acting classes, on whatever, I'll, I would do it. If I have to pull an all-nighter to study, because you get auditions very like last second. If I have to like do this to prepare, I would do that. I'm willing, and I love doing it. And that's how I knew that this is what I want to do. I just love the whole, I respect and love the whole process of creating a film, of creating all the effort that goes in, all the teamwork, all the people working together, and just, you know, working on scripts, getting a lot of masterminds together, pulling ideas, creating a piece that moves somebody, that to me makes me so happy, and that's how I knew that this is what I was meant to do. Best decision I ever made. That was Elena Savastikova. Since the Mindy Project, Elena has continued booking roles in television and film. She's got some fun projects coming out, including a VR film called Freakin' Weekend, another movie called Anonymous Killers, and of course, Elena is working on her own film. If you want more information on Elena and this episode of the podcast, head to the website, ktla.com slash spoken dreams. As always, you can keep up with me on Instagram. I'm at Sounds Like Bobby. And you can be a fan of the podcast on Twitter and Instagram by following at Spoken Dreams Pod. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave a nice review wherever you get this podcast. It takes just a second and it helps us keep bringing you this kind of content. That's all for this episode of Spoken Dreams. Until next time, break a leg.